He is a Denver native born of Denver natives. A former Denver chief deputy district attorney. He is now an active Colorado trial lawyer. Bright, independent, and full of fun, he has been part of the media for decades. This is The Craig Silverman Show. What a world, what a life, what a day. Saturday, June 3, 2023. Welcome to episode 151. It's a little different for the first time ever. We have our Denver Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Very excited about that. If you follow me in the Colorado Sun or on this podcast, and I know I do, you know that this is special. I love basketball. I love Bill Walton. It's unbelievable to me that he has graced me once again with his presence during a broadcast. I had him on about eight years ago in Denver when he wrote his great book, Back from the Dead. Get that book. It is outstanding. Get it on Audible or some audiobook because Bill reads it himself. The dude could not speak well till he was 28. He got coached up by John Wooden. My goodness, he will coach you up if you listen to this interview. He got me to do a video because he did it on Zoom from his home in Southern California, San Diego area. I had my phone turned a little cockeyed, made my stomach look big. Look, let me show you what I've got on this special episode. Yes, it's my Nuggets jersey, and let me show you a flat belly. Well, kind of flat. Anyway, don't believe the distortion of my gray Jokic for MVP t-shirt while I'm interviewing the great Bill Walton, otherwise known as the Big Redhead. Gosh, he had dynasties at UCLA. Then they won it all at Portland in 77, breaking our hearts in Denver. You will hear all about that. And then he went with the Celtics for another championship, sixth man of the year. 77, he was MVP, finals MVP, Hall of Fame broadcaster, still works for ESPN, told me that the Heat could give the Nuggets battle. I said, hmm, I don't think so, Bill. Game one, Nuggets won by 11. Let's see what happens going forward. If they lose, my goodness, what a disappointment. They being the Nuggets, or should I say we, I'm connected, even as a little boy. This week I talked to Spencer Haywood, a guest my last episode. I hope to have him on. I covered a tough court case in Denver. Beth McCann, the Denver DA, the killing of Shmuel Silverberg. I was in courtroom 5D on May 31. I'll tell you more about that sad crime spree And you will hear it as we talk with Troubadour Dave Gunders and his song called The Rebound. How appropriate is that? The Rebound for a show starring Bill Walton. Episode 151, it is special because the Denver Nuggets are in the NBA Finals and we did a video. How about that? Check us out on YouTube, the Craig Silverman Show channel. Enjoy. 
It's hot in here. Did that toaster catch on fire? It wasn't that. You choked on that bite of burnt bagel. Why is everything all red? The heat is unbearable. Where am I? Excuse me, your dishonor. May I step in on behalf of my client? Mr. Silverman, proceed. Tell me one redeeming good thing your client did. He was a faithful listener to my radio show. Not good enough. He had decency and compassion for his family. He did end-of-life planning with Michael Bailey. The Michael Bailey? That is kind to your loved ones. That is smart and way too decent for this place. Your client can go. And what about me, your despicableness? Why should I? Michael Bailey is my lawyer, too. Go on, then. Get out of here. <laughs> now, part of that was serious, and part of that was fictional. But you will die someday, and if you don't make a legal plan, the government will make one for you. Call my lawyer, Michael Bailey. His rates are reasonable, and he can meet with you and your spouse wherever you want and on weekends and evenings. 720-394-6887 or online at mblawllc.com. Now back to the Fred Silverman Show. Being a lawyer is a matter of judgment. You have to know the law, the facts, but good judgment is essential. If you don't understand how Donald Trump is culpable for the crimes committed in his name, then I question your judgment. I have the good judgment to question Donald Trump. If you want a lawyer like that, instead of a knucklehead who believes in the MAGA propaganda, call Craig. 303-734-7156, 303-734-7156. I am Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. I am so excited. This is the most consequential week in Colorado basketball history, and a guy who knows all about it is the big redhead, Bill Walton. You know a lot of things, but I know you have a heart in Colorado. And doing my research, I realized your parents lived on Colorado Avenue in La Mesa. Is that true? I'm alive, Craig. Hey, Bill. So yeah, good to see you. I'm alive. The NBA finals are here. The Denver Nuggets are in it. And I am talking to Craig Silverman. What could be better? Yes, indeed. I do live. I did live growing up as a child. My parents, the family home for 69 years. My mom just passed away 15 months ago at uh, 23 days shy of 95. And yes, we did live on Colorado Avenue. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. And I've been to Colorado. I dream about Colorado. I visualize Colorado. And as I see all the waterfalls coming down off the Rockies, and I see the Arkansas River flowing magnificently off the, off the eastern slopes of the Continental Divide and all the different things going down here. And now we have Nikola Jokic leading the charge for the Denver Nuggets. Just a most beautiful player, wonderful in so many ways. And he epitomizes Colorado. So what could be better? How are you doing, sir? I am doing great, except you broke my heart. When you were the MVP in 1977, and I was in the crowd, and I thought the Nuggets could do it all, showed the ABA was the real deal, and we had home court advantage, won that first game, 101 to 100, I believe I was there. Second game, we smoked you, but you beat us with that great Portland home court advantage. You did the same thing to Philly in the finals. 
You are the MVP of the season, of the finals. You are the finest basketball player, and you're a fine man. And before we go a step further, you've written my favorite all-time book, Back from the Dead, because I had back problems. I needed spine surgery. I needed inspiration. I always wanted to be Bill Walton. I was never as good or as tall as you, but... Gosh, it's great to have you and to have your love of Colorado, which shows every time you go to Boulder and do a game. We love that. I had you on about five or six years ago, and you were in Boulder at that time following the dead. I'm just so excited, and you have that big smile on your face, but we got to talk about your Celtics. Holy cow. I and the Rockies were the Buffalo Roam, the launching pad to the universe. Yeah. The Celtics, they had their chance. And it was right there. They've had their chance for two two years in a row. But you've got to be able to get it done. And for the Nuggets to win this series, they're going to have to have the best player. Now, right now, coming in on paper, you're talking about Jokic. And you're also talking about Jamal Murray, who's absolutely fantastic, incredible. They got tremendous support there. Michael Porter, I'm so glad. I'm a spine patient myself, as you are. Michael's had at least three spine surgeries. But boy, you look at him right now, and he is just a fantastic physical specimen. The NBA is every bit as much as of durability as it is ability. And so... Me being the most injured player ever, I was very fortunate to be on some of the greatest teams ever. I was very fortunate to be up there so many different times in Colorado. Mo Siegel with the Red Zinger Classic, the bicycle race up all up and around. And then the Coors family when they supported, uh, when they took over and, and made it the Coors Classic. Mm-hmm. And all the different things that I've been a part of are uh, one of our sons, uh, Luke Walton, he was married uh, high atop a mountain above Aspen and the Cronky family. They were kind enough to come up for that wedding. And so all the different things that tie me to Colorado, including Red Rocks and the Grateful Dead and Teddy Roosevelt National Forest and the Big Thompson Canyon and all the different things that go down. And I and I watch this Denver team and, and I think of the history and you you mentioned the Denver Nuggets in 1977 when the Blazers took them down and out. and What a team that was. Larry Brown was the coach, Hall of Famer, incredible coach. They had Dan Issel, who gave me nothing but fits and nightmares, a, a great, terrific competitor, physical stud, skilled as can be, smart as can be, could run the floor, could shoot, could pass, could post up, could rebound. They had Bobby Jones, who was spectacular, who uh, Bobby's career and mine have paralleled each other, as has George Carl. Bobby was on the North Carolina team in the 1972 Final Four in college basketball, along with Bob McAdoo. Bob's still with Miami. It all rolls into one here, Craig. And with Bobby Jones and George Carl and Bob McAdoo, coached by Dean Smith at the time, they couldn't get by Florida State in the semifinals. We were on a showdown path to them, although in those days, Coach Wooden, who did not believe in scouting, Coach Wooden, who did not believe in anything that the other team ever did. He treated the other team as as uh, uh, immaterial uh, obstacles in the way. 
And so you just said, just take care of your business and everything will be fine. And so, but all these guys, they got together, uh, all these North Carolina guys. And you can't leave out Doug Moe, who was just a spectacular coach for the Denver Nuggets, a wonderful player himself for North Carolina and Dean Smith with Larry Brown there. But all these different things that come together. And, and now you've got Jamal Murray with the challenge of, of him overcoming his injuries, which is fantastic. And it's so nice to see that the players are able now to recover from their injuries as opposed to being pushed out there to play when they're not ready and then their careers end. But you've got Michael Porter, you got Jamal Murray, who both look physically fit as can be. The rest will do them good because the the particularly having the first two games at home at Ball Arena. And what I'm expecting, I'm expecting all those Colorado fans who were just gonna, who have filled the, the the Folsom Field Stadium for all those years, the Grateful Dead, Grateful Dead coming back this year, July 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, I believe is the date. And then the Red Rocks and all the times we've spent up there for 10 years, the Grateful Dead filled that place and it was absolutely fantastic. So we need all those fans all of those fans to come down to Ball Arena, have the time of their life in downtown Denver, and then be in that position where the fans and the home court will help. Now, you cannot count on it. You cannot rely on it. But what the Nuggets need to do is use it and come out because the crowd will never let you quit. When It's, it's very difficult when you're road in. And Miami has proven that they are a spectacular team here. And for Miami, on a remarkable run here, to come in through Milwaukee with Giannis, who is a spectacular, timeless player, yes. and then to go up to New York, and New York is really coming along as a team for the first time in forever, and then go up against Boston. In Boston, you know, they talk a big game, but Miami plays the big game. And so you've got this situation where you got Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, who are the two best players for the Nuggets. And so in basketball, Greg, you win when your best players are better than their best players. And I think they, there's a caveat to that, with all due respect. I think if no. you have Bill Walton on your team, you win, especially if you have a rough guy like Maurice Lucas. You already no. brought him up. I just went to your book and you talk about the death of beloved John Wooden, followed by the death of Maurice Lucas. Your son, Luke, was named after Mo Lucas. And we have our Maurice Lucas on the squad and you haven't brought him up yet. But he is Mr. Nugget this year, Aaron Gordon. And when well, he it, has French legs and when he, you know, did you see his little... A shoving with LeBron where he didn't back down, sort of Maurice oh, Lucas like. That's fantastic, but you you can't really compare anyone to Maurice. No, Lucas. I wouldn't. I mean, Bo, who, who, he was so was big. Maurice Lucas was the greatest teammate I ever had. Now, the nicest thing that anybody ever said about me was that I helped my teammates play better. And yeah. Nikola Jokic, he. He helps his teammates play better. I mean, his his vision, his sense, and and the skill level that he has. I mean, you know, it, it's very much like sitting there underneath one of those giant sandstone 
rock faces with the Colorado River coming through, or maybe it's a lava formation with the Arkansas River. Can I, can I just go back to that point about how you could dominate and Nicola can dominate? It's a big man. Just get it into Bill. Get it into Nicola. Something great's going to happen. As opposed to, say, Jason Tatum. I know he hurt his ankle, but a forward has a tough time dominating a game the way a great big man can. So. It didn't, it- uh, yeah, like, am I oh, right about wait, that? Wait a second. I got to stop you right there. Okay, Greg. please. Uh, the forward position did not slow Larry Bird down. That's at true. It did not right. slow Elgin Baylor down at yes. all. Did not slow Sidney Wicks down in college basketball, who was the greatest college forward I ever saw. And please don't get don't get bogged down in trying to box people in to a position. Because that's one of the great elements of today's basketball games in that you got guys, I mean, Nikola Jokic and Bam Adebayo, they're both going to bring the ball up the court. Now, Bam is a tremendous player, a physical specimen like few others. Off, fierce, competitive, tenacious. And by now he is going to go up against Nikola Jokic, who presents all kinds of problems to guard because not only, I mean, Nikola Jokic is like Steve Nash, except a foot taller right. and and a hundred pounds heavier. And Nikola Jokic uh, has unlimited shooting range. He's you know he can shoot the ball with the best of the three point shooters all the way up to Steph Curry. He can post up, and in that closeout game against I think it was the closeout game against the Lakers when yes. the the Nuggets swept him in four, and it was a fierce game. Now, uh, I'm amazed at the stamina of these players. One of the things that has really changed basketball and all of sports is the concept of nutrition and the constant fueling that must go on during the course of these two-and-a-half-hour incredibly long, demanding physical exertion moments in your life now when we played john wouldn't he wouldn't even let us have a gla- have a sip of water during the games and you know there, there was no food no replenishment there was no gatorade there was no electrolytes there was no carbohydrates there was no energy bars there was n- no use of ketones there was none of that stuff and so late in that game, I think it was the fourth game, but you know, he was making all these remarkable plays. Right. And then, but the Lakers, I mean, every single one of those games came right down to the very, very end. But there was a moment where, where Nicola got the ball in kind of a delayed break on the perimeter on the left side, and he drove to the basket, and he was cut off from the baseline by one big dude, and he was double teamed down from the free throw line by the other big dude. And Nicola, he just, I mean, this, as big a guy who plays basketball, but so mobile and so creative and so fluid, I mean, he, he basically looks like seven falls coming off the water uh, mountains in uh, Colorado Springs there and all the different things that he's able to do, but so gracefully yeah. and 
He split both of them, and he had to get in the air and then fly by another one and lay it in just perfectly at the end of a game where he had already put out so much energy. that He just got back defensively. It was absolutely spectacular. But as we get back to Aaron Gordon, who I've known since he was first in the college scene when he came from champions. Uh, from San Jose down to the University of Arizona and joined the Conference of Champions and played for Sean Miller, who was a terrific coach and a, and a wonderful teacher and leader and builder and developer and everything, now coaching at Xavier. Uh, but Aaron was this remarkable player who was just coming along. And, and, and what happens with the guys who are so physically gifted, as Aaron Gordon is, is that, you know, they, they – they're so used to just overpowering people and just running faster, jumping higher and being stronger and being able to push all the little guys out of the way. Now, Aaron, uh, I believe he only spent one year in Arizona there and then went quickly as a very high lottery pick down to Orlando and kind of got lost in, in the shuffle of the bottom of the NBA. And uh, But then the vision, and, and this is Josh Conkey and this is Mike Malone who have said, okay, now look, we got this player, Nikola Jokic, and we got to surround him with the type of people and player and the skill sets and the physical packages who will maximize what Nikola brings. And so Aaron Gordon is exactly one of those guys. And the way that he has developed the skills now to go along with the power and, and the strength, and you can just see that he has spent a ton of time in the weight room. Yes. Yeah. You know, he, he's big, he's strong, but but toughness is, is not something that you eat. Toughness is not something that somebody gives you. Toughness is what is inside of your brain, inside of your heart. And, and that's what Maurice Lucas had. And you started this conversation with uh, game one of the Nuggets and the Blazers in 1977 in a best of seven second round playoff series. And Nuggets had a home court advantage, and they had all the great players. They had the incredible fans. McNichols was rocking, just bouncing away there. It comes down. We're down one, last play of the game. And Jack Ramsey calls timeout, and he draws up this very complicated and intricate play. And we walk out on the court, and the inbound pass goes straight to Maurice Lucas, as it was supposed to. We always did what Jack said. And Maurice, he just blew off the play. He just shook everybody off, and he started working his way with his own dribble. That was not our team's strength, one-on-one dribbling. He just worked his way to the foul line and then got just inside the foul line. And then as the buzzer and the clock was going off, Maurice, he hits a little mid-range jumper inside the key, and we win the game at the very end. We win by one, put us up one nothing, and then but and Jack Ramsey was mad as could be, and, and he said, "Maurice, you didn't run the play." And, and we just looked at Jack and said, "We won the game, Jack. Please <laughs> let go." And so you know, you, you 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 know, basketball. Can you remember that crowd? I mean, look, you in Portland, that was such a home court advantage there, and then Pauly were- Pavilion and you. UCLA, you guys were unbeatable. But then I reviewed your book again, and at the Boston Garden, you guys were 40 and one the year right. you won it on. So rank home court advantage, because this is what Denverites like me can bring to Ball Arena. How do you rank Denver? We've never been in this situation. How do you expect the crowd to be? 
And does Green, it doesn't make a difference. It does make a difference, but you cannot rely on it because the other team is good. And in basketball, anything could happen. I mean, the, nobody sat around in March and early April and said, yeah, the Miami Heat are going to win the championship. I mean, I, I follow the NBA as much as I can. I love the NBA, I love basketball, but I also have tremendous responsibilities in my business life, which is Conference of Champions, Pac-12 Network, ESPN. I have tons of business interests that I'm involved in around the country, around the globe with sports, technology, media, consumer products, healthcare, renewable energy. I have a very, very full plate all the time, but I do follow the NBA. We had a, a very special privilege and opportunity this year to have our show, our own show, a broadcast of a show uh, from home, virtual broadcast on the NBA app called Throw It Down. And it was so much fun and just exhilarating. And I'm looking at the standings all the time, every day. And I'm saying, now look, the Miami Heat, they are fantastic. And why are they down there barely making the, the barely making the playing rounds? And, and should have should have lost to Chicago there. Chicago had them and then let them go. But every one of Miami's opponents can say we should have had them. And, you know, but Milwaukee, was, which was the best team coming into the playoffs, and, and they just fell apart. But Miami has a way of making their opponents look awful. And they did it not only to the Bucks and Giannis, who right up there at the very top of the league. I mean, you look at the, at, at the greatest players in the league right now, right. and you have to say uh, Giannis. But and, he, and, he is a little nicked up. Little nicked up, but, yeah, well, but well, isn't I, it all about Jimmy Butler? I've never seen an alpha dog who comes alive in the playoffs like this well, guy. Jimmy He's Butler a force. Is fantastic. But you look at every one of these players, and they epitomize Pat Riley basketball. Tell me Just about so that. Fun. Tell me about Pat Just Riley so and Bill Walton. Have you encountered him? Because he's broken Denver's hearts many times. That yeah, guy well, is, he must be one of the basketball savants of all time. He's fantastic. And I first met Pat back in 1967. And I was living here in San Diego on Colorado Avenue, going to Helix High School. And the NBA expanded to San Diego. And so Pat Riley was their first draft pick ever. And so there was all these guys, Jim Barnett, the legend from the Golden State Warriors as a broadcaster, but Jim was a player before that, University of Oregon, and then a lot of different teams as he moved around, but he was on that very first Rocket team along with Don Coges and John Block. And so I had a key to the gym. And Helix so all High. The, uh, and, and, and yeah, so I was thinking balls. about Helix High School and you. And then did you know where the – the Nuggets had their training camp before this season started? Here in San Diego. San Diego, San Diego. yes. Keep going. Well, Play it. Sorry to interrupt. No, nah, it's all good. I mean, you're, San Diego at its best, you, you wonder why the entire world doesn't live here. San Diego at its worst is the homeless crisis that our public officials have allowed to take over our city. But we're celebrating the Denver Nuggets. We're celebrating yes. the NBA Finals right now. So we'll do a whole nother show on the catastrophe 
on that tragic failure that is the homeless crisis in our once great city. And so here I was, I'm 15 years old, 1967, and, 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 and this team, the Rockets, now the coaches on the team at the time were Pete Newell, Alex Hannum, who was a Denver Nugget coach. Then you got Tex Winter. Those three guys were in the hall. Jack McMahon, he, I believe, is in the Hall of Fame. And, and so those were the four guys who were like overlooking the beginning of my international career. And then uh, that team of, uh, of Riley and John Block and Don Kojis and Jim Barnett were soon joined by Elvin Hayes, Rudy Tomjanovich, Calvin Murphy, and Stu Lance. And to this day, the ones who are still living are very influential in my life. And so here it was, and and now Pat Riley was this guy who came from a a champion-level program at Kentucky. Pat Riley, who comes from upstate New York there and was just on his way to the promised land from the very beginning, and then was part of the great Laker runs and the championship that they had in 72, uh, when UCLA also won a championship in record-setting fashion. And then Pat goes on to this career, first as a broadcaster, then as a coach, back to a broadcaster, then as a coach again, and and then he ends up in Miami. A, a, a program that Billy Cunningham really got off the ground in Miami. And Billy Cunningham's relationship with Larry Brown and Doug Moe brings this all back together. And so here it was that this was my life. And and, and then Pat Riley, he becomes the, the, the face and the head of the Lakers. And the Lakers were the dominant team through the 80s in the Western Conference. And Denver could never beat the Lakers. And just like in the 70s when Denver could not beat the Portland Trailblazers, the the 80s, it was the Lakers. And then in the 90s, it was Houston and Utah. And so here's this situation where you got all these great players over the course of time. And and we go back to the very beginning of the Nuggets there, uh, even when there was in the ABA. You got Spencer Haywood and Ralph Simpson, who, who were just two of my favorite, favorite players and people. And if you've never read Spencer's book, The Rise, the Fall, the Recovery, Spencer Haywood, it will change your life forever. And you will never look at things in the world the same again. Just absolutely incredible. And then during the 80s, when you got Kiki Vandeway, uh, whose dad became my ultimate mentor and how this all plays out, because, you know, Kiki didn't want to go to Dallas. It was an expansion team. And so Kiki ends up in Denver, and that was fantastic for him. And then Alex English. But you also got Michael Adams and Mike Evans and Bill Hanslick, Alfonso Ellis and T.R. Dunn and Dikembe and Fat Lever and all these guys who were just absolutely remarkable. And these coaches, I mean, you got, we mentioned Larry Brown, we mentioned Doug Moe, but we haven't mentioned Paul Westhead, Mike D'Antoni, who saved basketball in the early 2000s. Alex Hannum, he got an early shout out. And then George Carl in the Hall of Fame. And, and, And to see what George has been able to do to come from so far down you know those of us who have had health challenges understand the depths 
the depths of loss, the depths of failure, the depths of complete uncertainty. But George has battled back. And I was there when George was enshrined in the Basketball Hall of Fame very recently. And his speech was absolutely incredible. And I hope they get a big platform for George during these next two weeks, because what's going to happen right now with this remarkable run? And we've talked about Michael Porter and Jamal Murray. We've talked about Aaron Gordon. Uh, but please, you know, there was no one ever like Maurice Lucas. Maurice Lucas never started a fight. He just finished fights. And and everybody on the other team hated him and everybody on his My team. My only had... point is you need at least one tough guy on your team, right? Yeah. Or oh, you got to have one guy. Like right. That. Okay. And so, you know, the, 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 the guy, the tough guys for Miami are uh, Jimmy Butler's tough. Bam Adebayo's tough, and Kyle Lowry's very tough. Kyle Lowry is one of my favorite he's players. He's clutch, ever. too. He's so clutch, but he's old. And, you know, they're going against the Nuggets. I'm thinking about Helix High. If I saw a couple teams competing on okay, so different runs, I'd say, look, you're making it closer than it's going to be. Because, honestly, we had tougher competition with Phoenix, L.A., Miami's good, but we can stop Jimmy Butler. I believe that. And these other guys can't beat us. They can't stop the Joker, can they? Miami's culture, Miami's player development, Miami's confidence, their belief in themselves. Eric Spolstra, whose dad was a senior management official in the front office for the Portland Trailblazers forever. And that's that's how young Eric got his start. Wow. And then one of the reasons that Miami is so successful is that Pat Riley, he supports his coach. And you see what's happened around the NBA. These excellent coaches, Coaches who have won championships. I mean, they lose one time and the coach gets fired when it's the player's fault. The coaches are there to help. And so, but Pat Riley, he stands behind his coach and the players know that. And the players know that if they quit on the coach, if they quit on the franchise, the players are going to be gone, not the coach. Including LeBron. Apparently, well, yeah. LeBron went to Pat Riley and said, get rid of Spolstra. And Pat Riley said, no, thank you, right? <laughs> I, I don't know that story. Well, it's being I, reported that I, way. I, I, I'm a huge Pat Riley fan and what he has been able to do. And I love the way uh, that he has purposefully stayed out of the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that you look at on a team is is, is the way the franchise treats the players who have transitioned out of being active. Well, we can start with Udonis Haslam, who's still active, but never really plays. But his 20-year career, unlikely as can be, critically important because those players, you – John Wooden's pyramid of success, the central block, the foundational center block of the uh, of the bottom tier is loyalty. Loyalty is a two-way street. Pat Riley, who you know, who's got the Alonzo Mourning and Bob McAdoo sitting right next to him all the time, and all the other guys who have been there forever, 
the guys that Pat brought down from New York with him to help build this franchise. It's just incredible. And then the way that the players have to listen to the coach because they know if they don't, they're gone. Uh, uh, I I know, but the Nuggets know we're going against a great team, great coach. But but the Nuggets have a greater team and an equal coach, and just on the subject of loyalty. Okay, so the, yeah. So they're going to. So Craig, please, please. Yes. You make all these points, and then you go on to the next. Now one I apologize. Keep going. You're, I love Craig Silverman, and Thank I love being on this show. So Miami, everybody thinks they're going to beat them, and nobody has been able to do it yet. With Denver, they have to prove it. it, it it's not about talk. It's about getting it done. And you talked about Kyle Lowry being old. I thought it was a mistake for the Miami Heat to start to start Kyle Lowry when Gabe Vincent was hurt and had to miss the one game. Because at 37, Kyle Lowry's not going to be able to play the whole game. You don't expect him to play. You, you can't expect him to carry the heaviest of loads. So Anyway, when you're playing against a team, when Denver comes in against Miami, they have to put everything out of their mind other than we're going to run and we're going to run and we're going to run. We're going to capitalize on the lack of oxygen in the Mile High City. We're going to capitalize on our fantastic fans at Ball Arena, and we're going to get this pace going up and down. And that comes to some critical guys. Now, Nikola Jokic, he can play a ton. Jamal Murray can play a ton. But when if you just rely on those two guys, Michael Porter has got to run, he's got to produce. Aaron Gordon has got to understand and realize where, where the defense is from Miami is coming from and then to be able to fit in in support and in position with the triangle philosophy come by Sam Barry from USC, given to Tex Winter, given to Alex Hannum, given to Phil Jackson, all that stuff. And then you got the little guys. You got uh, Caldwell Pope and Bruce uh, Brown. Oh, and Bruce God. Brown is like, whenever he comes in, I just light up because he is – he reminds me so much of one of the greatest players I ever played with, Johnny Davis on the Portland Trailblazers, cool. who got his who got his chance because of injury. Dave Torsic was our starter, and Dave was phenomenal for us. And we were on our way. We we're going to win the championship, and then Dave got hurt in Game Five at Denver, a game that Denver won in overtime. Dave was not going to be able to play for at least a couple of weeks, maybe a month. And he missed the rest of the playoffs until the very end of the Philadelphia series. And so Jack Ramsey, Jack Ramsey was going to start Larry Steele, who was a tremendous player and who uh, had relationships with Dan Issel through Kentucky, where he where they both played with Pat Riley, where they both played. Not together. Riley is older than Larry Steele. But Larry Steele, a very good player, about 6'5", had led the league in steals uh, the year before and everything. But uh, the strength of our team was uh, was speed and quickness and racing around. I mean, we already had Lionel Hollins and Bobby Gross, and we had Maurice Lucas. I can get up and down the floor a little bit, and and so I, Jack Ramsey comes to me on the airplane home from Denver. You know, everybody's flying commercial at the time, and he comes up to me and gets me there in, in the aisle, and then he says, "Bill, I'm thinking about starting Larry Steele at the position." And I looked at Jack and I said, "Jack, 
please, man. Larry's a great player and a wonderful human being, but the strength of our team is speed and quickness. And we, you know, John, we got this guy who never plays because Johnny Davis never played you know, for our team that whole year. He sat on the bench. He was 20 years old. He was a rookie. His mom had, you know, Johnny grew up in very tough circumstances in downtown Detroit had lived through the riots in the 60s, you know, with the bombs and the tanks and the fires and the explosions right outside his window. And he's ducking below the windowsill and underneath the bed. His mom, Johnny Davis, his mom kept the family alive by getting down on her hands and knees and scrubbing floors for other people's messes. And so Johnny, who was just a sophomore at Dayton University in Southern Ohio on a basketball scholarship, he said, I got to take care of my mom. So he left college against his mom's wishes that I'm going for the NBA mom. And he Blazers drafted him. And he sat on the bench the entire time until this plane rides. And I looked at Jack Ramsey, who wanted to go with Larry Steele. And I said, this guy, Johnny Davis, is the fastest guy I've ever seen play basketball. And that's what our team is all about. And so Johnny comes. And so Jack starts Johnny Davis in game six. And never told us anything about it. He just said, okay, Johnny, you're in the starting lineup. And Johnny had, in his first game, he had like 26 points. Yeah, how, and, many, how many off your outlet passes? Because that's what you uh, loved in his speed. I Holy loved cow, he man. broke, yeah. And it, I, loved, I, I loved starting the fast break. I mean, that, that was my favorite part of the game. I loved all parts of basketball. And I, and I was willing to do any part of it, but to start the fast break. And, and, and that, that's the game that I love. And, and, and that's one of the beautiful things about Nikola Jokic is that oh. the way he, he starts it with his own dribble. Or uh, a great pass. He's, he can throw long passes like a quarterback. He can do everything. There's nothing I haven't seen him do. And so he's just such an absolutely fantastic player. I mean, it's like when you come down Big Thompson Canyon and you end up in Horsetooth Reservoir on Centennial Drive, man, and you're doing those big ups and downs and those roller coasters along the, the eastern edge of Horsetooth Reservoir. And you're saying, life doesn't get any better than this. And that's like playing and watching um, with and, and and for Nikola Jokic. What, what more could you ask for? And then while we've mentioned Bruce Brown here, and I just yes. – uh, I love the way that guy, he, he plays like Johnny Davis. He just, he, he's so explosive. But, you know, Bruce Brown, when you look at him play in today's game, I, you know, just by watching him on TV, I had no idea that he was 6'4". And, I mean, 6'4", you know, that's a good size. Because he, when he's out there playing against all these other dudes who are just all the winners of the genetic lottery, he looks like he's about 5'10". But he just is towering above everybody else, able to blast by everybody. And then, you know, he, he comes in for Caldwell Pope. And, and Caldwell Pope, you know, you, you just have to know that he loved putting those threes in the Lakers' face all the time. Oh, my gosh. He's a difference maker. But, but, you know, we haven't had anybody quite like Jokic. The only thing close, and you brought him up, he was the star of episode 13. Uh, Spencer Haywood, just like episode 151, is going to be named Bill Walton. And I spoke with Spencer again last night. And like oh. you... He likes the law because his next book was about the Haywood rule, which allowed guys yeah. like Kobe Bryant to come out. And he went to the U.S. Supreme Court, Thurgood Marshall. Not a lot of people know you went to Stanford Law while you were yeah. rehabbing. You're smart as hell. 
You brought up race relations with Johnny Davis, et cetera. Spencer Haywood kind of got chased out of Denver through some racist bullshit by uh, right. the Rockets, Nuggets owners, the rings piece back in it's the day. Sad. Yeah, so it's so we're, I, I just like to turn it. That's why we love our Nuggets. And and race kind of got brought up in the Nikola Jokic MVP race. I'm wearing this shirt on the back. It says back I to see. back to back. It should have been three times. Then Rays got involved, and uh, they gave it to Joel Embiid. When clearly Jokic leading the Nuggets to our greatest season ever and having his greatest all-time season, he is in conversation with your best buddy, Larry Bird. He really should be. He's well, there's only, there's only been three players to win it three times, and it's so very difficult. And uh, there were a number of deserving players and candidates this year and yeah you could make the argument Giannis whose team had the best overall record in the in the entire NBA Jokic was just absolutely spectacular throughout Joel Embiid who did win it and 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 then but they the MVP is emblematic of the regular season I was there I was there when Steve Nash had already won two in a row and he was going for three, and he was dominating the entire league as he had for two previous seasons. And he goes into Dallas at the very end of the season. I'm broadcasting the game, national broadcast. And Steve, playing for Phoenix in Dallas, is an old team against his rival and friend, Dirk Nowitzki. Steve just torches the world and just lights the place up, wins the game at the very end. It was one of the most incredible moments ever. And and, and that gives them superiority in every way. But the MVP vote went to Dirk Nowitzki. And I was also there when Michael Jordan, I mean, for Michael Jordan, as great as he was, as great as he is, it is. It does him a disservice that he only won five MVPs. And now Kareem, who was the greatest I ever played against by far, Kareem won six MVPs. Bill Russell and Michael won five. And it's so hard. And 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 these these players who are just so darn good. But ultimately, your greatness. And this is the message that John Wooden. Uh, used for me when he was recruiting me. Uh, you know, he was, I, I had 43 years with John Wooden, three years at Helix High School when he was recruiting me, four years at UCLA when I was his player, and then by far the most interesting years, the 36 years after I stopped playing for him, because then he opened up. He opened up about himself. But when he was recruiting me, there was two main themes. Number one, to be a part of something special is a privilege. You've got to earn that every single day. Pat Riley, he insists on that. He insists on his players earning the privilege to be a member of the Miami Heat. Now, I don't know this, but I've been told this. But the, now, now, Pat is, you know, I'm 70. Pat is probably going to be 70, 78 maybe by now. and. Uh, whatever age he is, I'm told that Pat is the first one to practice every day. And he sits in a chair. And I I don't know if this is still the case, 
because I'm not the everyday broadcaster for the NBA. But Pat would sit in the chair by the front door and check people in when they were when they would walk in the door, you know, practice gym. The second message from John Wooden was, Bill, it's not how good you are. It's how good your teammates are. He said, Bill, I've seen you play. You're going to be fine. But if you want to be the champion, you have to understand that your ultimate level of achievement, accomplishment, success, happiness, productivity, efficiency is going to be based on how good the guys next to you are. And that's what we have at UCLA. And that's what Josh Kroenke and that's what Mike Malone have put together with the Denver Nuggets. So while we've talked about Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray and Nicola and Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown. We have not talked about Jeff Green. And Jeff Green. Uncle Jeff. That Jeff Green is one of the smartest dudes I have ever met in my entire wow. life. And yeah, he, he is so poised and so confident. And what he has gone through in his journey, I mean, they told him he was going to die because of his heart. And then he went out, he left. And then he got his heart fixed and he, he wasn't supposed to come back. And, and, and there would be nobody in their right mind would ever tell Jeff Green, oh, yeah, you should go back to play NBA basketball. But he, he just loved it. We all love it. It's just fantastic. And, 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 and Jeff Green is one of those guys who, who can turn this series. I mean, th- this series can turn on a lot of different guys. You know, you got uh, Jeff Green, Bruce Brown. Paul Will Pope and, and Michael Porter, who are the critical offensive role players in support of Jokic and Murray. Have you and seen now, have you seen the betting odds? It's you know, one sided. It's like four to one. And also people are saying, okay. well, you know, it's small market teams. It made me think about you, Portland Trail Blazers. You were a small market. Of course, you were playing Philly, but is the country, is the world gonna turn it off? I hope not, because they need to see Jokic. They need to see Jamal. And I did notice as a lawyer that you did avoid the race question just a little bit, because Kendrick Perkins, a big man for the Celtics, said, you know, they're giving it to Jokic because he's a white European. And it's like, no, come on, don't put race into this. Craig, we cannot spend our lives responding to nonsense. Good one. We we have to. Find the bright side of the road. We have to see what love can do. We have to keep driving. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. I found books and music at my at the earliest of ages in my life. When I was five years old, I found my bicycle. When I was eight, I found basketball. When I was uh, 15, I found John Wooden uh, and the Grateful Dead at the same year. And and then when I was 28, I learned how to speak from Marty Glickman. When I was 37, I found my wife. And now, just the other day, when I'm 70, I found Jerry's middle finger. (laughs) Jerry died 28 years ago. And I was privileged enough to be at a festival in April, right? Uh, two weeks after the Jerry Garcia, of course. Yes. It was it was Skull and Roses in Ventura on the beach, and it was fantastic. And there was this a lot of good bands, High Rider, uh, Moon Alice, Bill Lash, Dark Star Orchestra. But there was this one band from Los Angeles called they called themselves Jerry's Middle Finger. Check them out. 
and they are so good. And now I have found Jerry's middle finger. And after all those other things that I've found along the way, I now know that I have a chance to live a full and complete life. And so when I, I learned years and years ago to not, not listen to what, you know, it, it, you want to learn from other people, but if, if, if other people are just spewing nonsense, you, you got to move on from that. And so I, I, I'm a huge Bill Murray fan, right? And he came in, and I would always go to see every one of his movies. Now, I rarely get to see movies anymore uh, because I just, that's not the kind of life I have. I, I do watch movies on airplanes, but uh, uh, Bill Murray's most re recent movie at the time was going to be. Uh, uh, lost in translation, and so and and, and so somehow I, I came across this review of this movie, Lost in Translation, and the the reviewer just trashed this movie. Said it was just awful, right? But I went anyway because I love Bill Murray and, and I know Bill, and you know I've been on the stage with him when he was with the Blues Brothers, and been, just been with the Grateful Dead with them, and all these different things we've done together. So I go to the movie, right? And I love the movie. And so I just decided right then, I'm not going to listen to this absolute nonsense because of somebody else's ideas of what things. Now, if, if the person is going to make a, a valid argument about a point that I, I want to learn more about, yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take criticism and, and, and try to do better, try to be better, try to do more. But this is going to be a fantastic NBA Finals because, like, any athletic event, like any business event, you have no idea. You have no idea how it's going to play out. And, you know, Miami, Miami people have been trashing them all year long. And they beat, they beat the best. They beat Milwaukee. And they beat Giannis. And then they beat New York, who was on fire. And New York had some injuries. Yeah, but New York, they're finally coming back together after all these years. And, and then they beat the Boston Celtics, including Game 7 uh, in Boston. And uh, just last night here at the house, uh, Lucius Allen, one of the incredible legends from UCLA, he was in town paying us a visit. And we were watching the game together. And he was telling, because we had a bunch of children here and young people. We were watch, all watching the game together. And Lucius was telling the stories about you know how the in the seventy one Milwaukee championship or the you know the UCLA championships, which were a foregone conclusion with Kareem, but then the seventy four championship with uh, with Boston and Milwaukee, and you know Milwaukee they had all the players and you know the and the legends they had Kareem and Oscar, but the the. Oscar was was getting up there. That was Oscar's last year. Lucius was hurt that year and didn't play. But in that series, in a seven-game series with, with Milwaukee having home court advantage and having just won the championship and having Kareem, who was just the, the, the spectacular version. And so the, while we're on the subject of Kareem, let me just take a yes. quick sidetrack. Love that guy. And, and, I mean, and, what he does, the, the essays he writes – now, he delves into politics, and it's a Jewish guy. Man, his 
poignant words against okay. anti-Semitism. Him, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love those Californians. So, Kareem, re- read his Substack. Subscribe to I his. Do. Like, yes. Kareem.substack.com. Just phenomenal. And then yes. he talked about uh, the anti-Semitism and everything. I just read a phenomenal book that was uh, quite a few years old by Ken Stern, and you should have him on your show. Uh, this was a, a book called Loud Hawk, which was uh, part of the uh, – it, it was the retelling of the story of the tragic turn of events of the decimation of uh, our Native American Indians mm-hmm. and, and how it, it all a lot of it came to a head when I was playing for the Blazers and Ken, who was just a very young guy. Ken and I are exactly the same age, uh, but he had he was going to law school as a first year law school student in Salem, Willamette University. And they had this big, huge trial of this big, huge trial of, of, of prosecuting all these Indians. And Ken, somehow, some way, just like you don't have any idea how life is going to turn out, he ends up working for the defense for all these Native American Indians who were being persecuted. And it was just an as powerful a book as I've ever read. It was just wow. I hope you have him on his sh- on your show. I, I will. Yes. And, and I can get I can get it started for you. But when you, so Lucius was talking about uh, the Milwaukee series in, in that series, Milwaukee has home court. Uh, Boston wins the first game to take home court advantage away. Don't ever listen to anybody say you steal home court. You never steal a basketball. You win a basketball game, please. And then the next two games were won by the home team. Milwaukee game two uh, and then Boston game three. And then the last four games of the series were won by the road team, including the seventh game on the road in a rout with the Boston Celtics beating Milwaukee. And Lucius was telling us that, okay, you know, this was Oscar's last year in the NBA. And Lucius was hurt. He couldn't play. And so what Boston did with a three-guard combination of JoJo White, Hall of Famer, Paul Westfall, Hall of Famer, and Don Chaney should be a Hall of Famer. They just had the defensive strategy. We are going to pressure Oscar every single time and try to wear him down. And so when you're thinking about what the strategy is for the Denver Nuggets, now these guys from Miami are in tip-top shape. And we haven't given them any sort of discussion at all. But uh, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, Kyle Lowry, and Caleb Martin, those guys can all really play basketball. And so the, 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 the at altitude, team, can they play at altitude? Everybody can play at altitude. You get, is you, it a factor at all? Yes. The hardest part is at the beginning. The, the hardest part, it, w- w- whether you're racing your bike up and down the mountains, whether you're going up to Maroon Bells, is it Cathedral Rocks or Castle Rocks up there in Aspen? I, I, I forget. But anyway, you know, love a hey, lot of bike riding. Hey, can I just say, you mentioned different ages when you learn different things. John Wooden, when he turned 99, got up and said at that award where he was said to be the number one coach, he said, don't trust in subjective awards, <laughs> even as he was named the greatest coach of all time. No, no. And it occurs to me that you are a fantastic coach by benefit of Coach Wooden, your amazing parents, your big brother, kind of like Jokic, you have big brother protectors. And, you know, I, I just uh, admire you as a coach. And when you told me 
Craig just get past that racial stuff. I think that's good. I And you brought up movies that you don't go see them, but have you seen Air on Amazon Prime about no, the no. Michael Jordan shoot? Are you going to uh, see that? I, I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan, and I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed for for the world with, with the way that Scottie Pippen goes after Michael Jordan. Please. Yeah, yeah, that's the loyalty thing. Scottie Pippen know, said he was horrible ahead of time. I'm just thinking about how you that. love Maurice Lucas. Maurice Lucas loved you. That's the thing about winning teammates. Nicola and Jamal, I hate to see teammates fight. It must hurt you. It's, it's terrible. It's devastating. And, and, and I, I just... I love the I love the celebratory nature of being part of a team. And one of the things that's really happened in my life has been fantastic is me being able to ride my bike so much up in Colorado and to go to the places on my bike with uh, through Chris Carmichael. And uh, I talked about Mo Siegel at the beginning, and uh, and then uh, th- there was also the Coors family. But then with Chris Carmichael now. Although Chris is relocating from Colorado down to California, Central Coast there. But to go to Breckenridge and Steamboat and Beaver Creek and Vail and Aspen, which we've talked about where Luke got married, and Copper Mountain and all these different places. You go to Grand Junction and the Colorado Plateau to go to, to tell your ride with the Grateful Dead and the Black Canyon of the Gunnison. The Durango and Silverton and the Great Sand Dunes and all these remarkable places, Pagosa Springs and Dinosaur, which I just absolutely love out there. And it's very weird because, you know, the, the geographic lines that make the state, and you know, Utah, Utah and Colorado and Wyoming, just some of the few states that have straight lines that make yes. there's nothing straight out there. Everything has got curves. Everything has got smoothness or hard edges to it. And and, and the beautiful thing about Nikola Jokic is is how smooth it is. And he just I remember I was I was on a raft trip down the Colorado River and we put in there at the just below Lake Powell, Lee's Ferry, I think it's called. And, and, And we go down and it's just absolutely spectacular. And the water is crystal clear cold as can be, and the magnificent rock formations and water coming in everywhere. The Green River comes in, just absolutely spectacular. And then we get to the confluence of the Colorado and the Little Colorado. And the Little Colorado is a muddy river and uh, carrying a lot of sediment, a lot of that sandstone coming off of the Indian reservations. And it comes out, and where those two rivers meet, Everything changes, and it is one of the most visually spectacular scenes that I've ever witnessed with my own eyes. To just you know, yeah, have a soup eye in the turquoise water later, uh, lower down, and lava falls and uh, 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 Vulcan's anvil and all the uh, and all the different things that go on down there. But this one place just sticks out to me as I think of. Uh, Nicola and, and, and how his life is merged with 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 a lot of muddiness and a lot of the murkiness and it, but but the way it just came together and and the beauty it was very similar to a filament productions light show up behind the Grateful Dead Dead and Company touring right now 
And tonight they're playing in Charlotte. And they just, they came from Atlanta. They came from Dallas. They came from Phoenix. They came from LA and they're on their way. And it's just incredible. And we watch all the shows on nugs.net. And it's just absolutely phenomenal what they've been able to put out. But when you have this merging, this merging of life, which is what the best of our world could and should be, which is what the best of what basketball is and what the Cronkies have been able to do to build all this up and to present us with a chance to witness history in the making. Because the team that wins this, whether it's Denver or whether it's Miami, they're going to be the ones who write the history. And one of the things that I, I love about Miami is that they don't get involved with the nonsense. And the, the, there's so much absurdity in the world. And they just keep going forward. And, and, and that comes from their leader. Yes, Eric Spolstra, phenomenal coach, well-deserved top 15 of all time. But his boss, Pat Riley, is equally impactful in the whole thing. And that's the challenge for Denver. Because when I hear the Nuggets uh, get involved in these discussions that, that other people who have nothing to do with this whole thing, uh, you know, and, and they say, oh, we don't get respect. And they don't believe in us. Win the games. That, that's all you can do. We're going to. The, the, We're the gonna. Budget, and nobody, nobody promotes and presents like ESPN and the NBA. And to have those two companies come together to broadcast this NBA finals with all these incredible storylines of people coming, overcoming adversity, their journeys to get here, the stumbles, the falls, the recovery, and, and it all comes together. It all rolls into one. At the same time, the dead and company is working their way slowly towards Folsom Field for three nights before going to the garden. I know they're a dynasty it's, too. It's, and it's and by do you know my wife went to Red Rocks Elementary and she was a deadhead. And you are a dedicated deadhead. Your book is as much about music as basketball, but it's really about life. And dare I bring it up to you, the king of UCLA, which had the greatest college dynasty while I was growing up, we all looked up to UCLA. We all looked up to the Boston Celtics and to an extent the Lakers, but they broke our hearts too much. But the Celtics with Red Auerbach, who was a big part of signing you, where you were sixth man of the year, you won further championships. This Celtic team was not worthy of your legacy, by the way. But anyway... They had, their have, they had their chance. Yes. We all but, have our chance. And yes, but how many teams can be a dynasty? And I know I'm putting the cart before the horse, but the biggest challenge for Denver was to make Nicola happy. I wrote a column about it three years ago. They gave him a big contract. I quoted a guy named Bill Walton about how great this guy was. Before he won any MVPs, you could see it, I could see it. Anybody could see it if they got to watch Denver. My, my dream is, because I'm getting old too, not as old as you, but I'm getting up there. I want that D in Denver to stand for dynasty. Is that possible if we keep Jamal, MPJ? If we win three in a row, would that be a dynasty? Is that possible anymore in the NBA? 
Anything is possible. But all we can do is take care of today. We learn from yesterday. We dream about tomorrow. But today, make each day your masterpiece. And that comes right now. And that game is going to start on Thursday night. Thursday night, ball arena. And everybody's got their role to play. And the preparation, that that is so much fun and so exciting. And the dream, the visualization, it's like seeing those two rivers, the Colorado and the Little Colorado, coming together and the bubbling up of the mud, of the dirt, of all the different things that are going to come into action here and how it changes it, how two, two different things come together and then they merge as one and then they go forward. And, the, and, and that's what I'm interested in doing is going forward. And so I need to see, I need to see with my own eyes, I need to see that, you know, that everyone is focused and committed and determined and willing to live the life of sacrifice, discipline, and honor to, to be the champions because it's going to be hard. It's going to be, it's not like Miami's going to come in and say, oh, we're just happy to be here. No, man, those guys are physically fit. Caleb Martin, you know, hard to see that he didn't get the MVP of the Eastern Conference. Right. I mean, that guy was incredible. But, you know, you, you don't get there without Jimmy Butler. And so, you know, Jimmy Butler is the star of the team. And, and, and he's got to, you know, Jimmy Butler for Miami to win is going to have to be the best player. And yes. and now Nikola Jokic is going to have for Denver to win. He's going to have to be the best player. Jamal Murray is going to have to be the best player. But it's always going to come down to the team game. You know, it, it's going to be the, the you know the passing, the rotations on defense, the willingness to do things that Jeff Green does, that uh, Aaron Gordon does, that Bill Walton did. Like when I looked out at McNichols Arena and you were breaking our heart. I saw Dynasty in the making, and then you got hurt. I'm sure you've thought about that. You guys could add a Dynasty in Portland for your entries. Am I right? Well, and I think about being there in in, in Fort Collins and riding up Big Thompson Canyon on my bike all the way to Estes Park and then getting uh, on Highway 34 and just going up and over and going past all the elk and the eagles and the moose and the bear and the waterfalls. Are you coming to Colorado for this finals? I'm open, you know, every day. Every day is a new battle. Every day is a challenge and a struggle, but I'm alive. And now that I found Jerry's middle finger on top of all the other things that I've got, but then, you know, also, when and then when you come back down and when you reverse course, instead of going over and and, and continuing, because it, you know when you ride your bike, you know you, you love the big long climbs in Colorado. You know the grades aren't too steep; it's just fantastic. The pavement is great, the culture is great for the bike riding. But then when you come back down thirty four and you come into Estes Park and everything, yes. and, and and then instead of going straight down to the to the flatlands, uh, you just take Highway Seven. Highway Seven South out of Estes Park, and then and then as it as that curves down to the flatlands, then get on Seventy Two South that goes all the way down, and, and then you can uh, make the cut down to to Boulder and the Flatirons and all all the incredible great things. Man, I'm the luckiest dude on earth. You are a great broadcaster. You are a great broadcaster. If I could just ask you, with the Conference of Champions, Boulder, we've got a new guy there. Maybe you heard about it. Yeah. Prime time, 
Can you believe it? What's that going to do to Boulder, Colorado and our great state? It's fantastic. And I'm so happy and I'm so honored and I'm so privileged to be associated with Deion Sanders because I've had the privilege of doing events with him. Uh, This was years ago. And uh, we did a bunch of things together. And every single time, he could not have been better. He could not have been more determined for the group's success. And he was just so committed and so determined to make sure that the outcome was the one that we were there for. And every single time, and and to to see what he's been able to do with his life now and, and, and how to how to change the world and, and how to impact people and how to inspire. And you think of the elements of leadership that Deion Sanders represents. Number one, illuminate the path forward. Tell everybody where we're going, why we're going there, what it's going to take to get there, and most importantly, what it's going to look like when we get to the promised land. And then Dion, as any great leader, Pat Riley, John Wooden, you name it, Mike Malone, Eric Spolstra, send them all, Adam Silver, send them all in there. Never ask anybody to do anything that you aren't willing to do yourself or haven't already done yourself. Now, what happens as you get older, and that's what that's what leads to leadership is that you get older and you can't do everything yourself. So you got to have other people do the job that you used to be able to do. And then you got to be able to pull the team together. And that's the the nuggets right now are together. The Heat are together. But if you look at every one of the Heat's opponents this year in the playoffs, uh, Milwaukee, New York, and now Boston, by the end, their opponents had completely fallen apart completely, totally, without question. And so the the ability of the leader to keep things together, to do what others can't and won't do, to define the terms of the conflict. Miami makes you play their game. Denver has to make Miami play their game, which is fast break, skill, relentless attack on the offensive end, Jamal Murray going crazy, Caldwell Pope bombing in threes, Bruce Bowen doing everything, Jeff Green coming in and playing every position on the court, Michael Porter shooting these ungodly shots where he's dribbling away from the basket with this magnificent physique, Aaron Gordon throwing them down, splashing them, and then Nikola Jokic just dishing and rebounding and and swishing three-pointers off one foot, stepping back. And then jump hooks and floaters in the lane. And it's also effortless and beautiful, but it only seems effortless and beautiful. That takes everything that he's got. And his his sense of durability is so spectacular in the way he's up and down that court. And while everybody else is is just gasping for oxygen, Nicola, like that big massive river, like those waterfalls at Fish Creek or Zapata or Box Canyon or Ozil Falls or all these different ones, Horsetooth Falls. Yeah, Hanging Lake. Oh, it's just so beautiful up there. Now you got You need a reservation there now, but you know what else it is? He's taken a leadership role in the huddles. And I'd just like to end it this way, Bill. You've been so generous with your time. 
you know about leadership, and you haven't really talked about social issues, but you talked about teamwork too. We need leadership. I wish we had a leader like Nicole or Jamal, but neither of them are born in America. But you know what I'm talking about. You've seen great leaders. Are there great leaders on the horizon in America that can pull us together? Because you had that kind of leadership ability. Is there something that you are seeing that we should all attach ourselves to? Because I'm worried about our country. Well, you should be worried because there's everything is in the balance, as everything is always in the balance, including the future of the Denver Nuggets, the future of the Miami Heat. When you lose these moments, when you don't get the job done, it is so difficult to recover, so difficult to, to get it back together. I mean, Miami, they lost game seven uh, on the road uh, or at home last year. Game, I think. Yes. Yeah, to, to Boston. Yes. And, and then and, and then and then they come back. Yeah, the way that San Antonio came back. There are great leaders everywhere. We, we have to find them. We, you know, one of that is the challenge because evil, forces of evil. They have a, a, a way of finding me. And I, I am constantly fighting off the forces of evil. And so what what I what, what I I know where to find goodness. And you know, you you, you go to a, a public school, you go to a fire station, you go to a, a you know a police station, these people who have you go to a hospital, you go to you know, doctors, nurses, first responders, people who were every day in the fight for just survival. And, you know, here we are celebrating at the highest levels of life itself, which is the NBA finals. You, you know, you have this situation and what we can't do, you know, because ideological forces have for decades tried to convince us that, that government, that you know, group communal work is bad, and that the and that the only real goodness in life is individual ruggedness and getting it done and just going and just killing the opposition and and, and just taking everything for yourself. Winner takes all. And while that all sounds good, you know, this is a very very interrelated, intertwined world that we live in and that everything has to be taken in, into consideration, including the environment, clean air, clean water. And you have these people who are making decisions right now that are just not in the best interest of the majority of the people. And so we have to do what's necessary. We have to, even though, even though it, it, it has come to the point where so many of us don't think it's going to work. I don't think we have a chance to don't think that this, this is worth the effort it's going to take to get there, but it is. And you only know that it is when you get these brief moments in time, when you get the, the manifestation of the dream. And that's what we have right now for the next two weeks. And it's going to be, you know, two, two, one, one, one. And you never know how it's going to play out. One thing that these players, one thing that these players have to realize, and I think that Miami knows this, uh, and I'm not sure that Denver knows this, and, and that is 
the understanding, the appreciation, the respect for how fragile this all is and how tenuous it all is and how every single moment, every moment is going to be taken into account to determine this. And what, and, and what happens is, you know, when, when life looks like easy street, there's danger at your door. If you don't understand that and try to stay off of easy street, you know, that hammer has to come down. And from the very first possession, none of this, you know, chummying up with the, with the other side, man, you, you, you got to bring it and you got to, you got to just go hammer down for two and a half hours for seven days, seven different days. There's a gap in between, get your rest, get your nutrition, get your hydration and your fluids and, and, and get down after you're up. And then when you get into ball arena and those crowds of the, those Denver Nugget fans are just going crazy and they want nothing more in life than for you and, that, and their Denver Nugget team to win that game, that you just ride that tsunami of emotion, of enthusiasm, of energy, and you just go out there and you you look at you look at the weaknesses of the other team and you say, we're going there. We are just going to attack, attack, attack. We're going to run and we're going to make them quit. And that's what Miami has been able to do. Miami has been able to make Milwaukee, New York, and Boston all quit. And they have been the best team in the Eastern Conference. Denver has been the best team in the Western Conference. Now, now we're going to see You you are so vastly experienced in the hoop. But I remember when you had that key to Helix High, and I could imagine (laughs) the talent, and you could say this five is probably going to dominate today. They may lose a game or two, but they're going to win most of the games because I just know the talent. That's the way I feel about this series. Now, of course, you could have an injury or whatnot. I'm overconfident, but Nicola's not going to choke. I haven't seen him choke yet. I think he's ready for the big stage, but what do I know? You've been on the big stage. Is there is it too big for them? No. Could that is that possible? Not too big for anyone. And this is where Spolstra has been at his best. Jack Ramsey was at his best. And Red Auerbach was at his best. And uh, I'm just visualizing it all playing out there. And I'm riding my bike up Lookout Mountain right behind Golden. And I'm and I'm on the climb, and it's just beautiful. And every time you come around the turn, you're just looking out. You're looking out to the east, and, and you're seeing all the way, all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. And on the horizon, there's an airplane coming in, and it's the Miami Heat airline. <laughs> and, and, and right and, now, and, yes. And, and 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 you just and and you just know and and as you get to the top and you and you get to the lookout finally the 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 big pull out there at the top and you pull over and you look back down and you said yeah this is paradise this is a dream come true let's let's make the most of this let's make today our masterpiece let's take care of business and let's write history ourselves and just take it right to these guys and run run, run, attack constantly and never, never let up. Now, are the Denver Nuggets deep enough? Will Christian Brown be able to make 
a, a, a positive contribution. Oh, yeah. He, he was a little intimidated by the Lakers, but this well, is one well, of the finest he's a young guy. He's seen. a fantastic player. Uh, but this is where everybody comes together. This is where the coach, Mike Malone, who's fantastic, and his, his whole life, his whole life of, of, of his dad being a coach and of him being a coach and all the different stops and, and him being part of all those different franchises and it all comes together. But this is the moment of truth. You know, th this is what we live for and it's all going to be right there. And, you know, and ultimately though, it's going to be one guy. One guy is going to be the best player and that one guy will determine, we, we don't know who it's going to be. Because that's the beauty of basketball, and you know. But if if the team if, if the team plays out with the purpose to play in support, you know, when 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 everybody has the same idea, it's where the individual agendas. It's when people who are who are playing into the nonsense that that, that great possibilities get derailed and and the chance of a lifetime which just rarely i mean it's so hard to even get to this stage don't be happy to be here be happy when you've taken care of business and when you've gotten the job done let's go tip off let's go Pacific time, yeah. thursday night june 1st we're on our way the promised land time to rock time to play so, Walton, if you make it to Denver, I hope to see you stand out wherever you are. Denver's like your second home. We love you, man. Colorado. I can't believe you have anybody as your detractor. You are fantastic. Breath fresh air on ESPN. I'm going to check out uh, your NBA podcast. Man, you are so gracious to be on my show. Thanks for doing it again. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Not only did I find all those other things in my now 70 years, I've also found Craig Silverman. I am the luckiest guy in the world. Take care, Craig. Thanks for having me. Let's go. Let's go, Nuggets. Thank you, Bob. Bye-bye. Michael Bailey, a friend, a lawyer, a sponsor, Tell everybody how you bring peace of mind to their life. So by setting up your estate plan, you know what's going to happen to your stuff when you die. You know where it's going to go, you know who's going to get it. We've got everything in place so we're not running to a court to try to get guardianship and conservatorship as quickly as possible. But then it's an orderly proceeding of things. So, you know, there's already enough chaos with the medical emergency, but the legal part of it and who can make decisions is all outlined. It's all set up. So there's, it's like the, the smooth transition of power. That's cool because you can avoid so many problems by having a medical power of attorney and discussing it with a smart guy like Michael Bailey, because who should have this? It's probably somebody close who do you trust most among your children to make that call these are the hard and good questions that you ask every day right michael right and if you ask them beforehand when you're not in the middle of a crisis then when a crisis hits we're not trying to do crisis management and medical emergency and everything else we're going okay we've got a smooth transition of power here we've got a smooth who's in charge and we can have that all flow so that we can focus on the care there are so many things in life that you can fill out a form and save yourself money, save yourself heartache, 
Some people die out of nowhere quickly, but more often you get sick, you have medical difficulties, so it all goes together. But your system works, it works beautifully. What is the best way to contact you these days? Best way, uh, you can give me a call. My phone number is 720-394-6887. And again, that's 720-394-6887. Or you can go online to michaeldailylawllc.com. And there is a an appointment page on my website that you can use. So either way is fine. Thanks, Michael. War on drugs has never been more serious. There are killer substances out there, including fentanyl. If God forbid you know somebody or a loved one of yours has been affected by fentanyl, perhaps my law firm could help. Sometimes there's justice in the criminal court system, other times civil justice. My number, 303-734-7156. 303-734-7156. Ask for Craig. Craig Silverman, a voice for victims. Holy cow, Troubadour, we are on camera. I know, it's a scary thing. What prompted this, Craig? It's 151. After you do 150 shows, you have to mix it up. Bill Walton wanted to do a Zoom, so I said, sure. I learned how to record it. Next time I learned how to flip the phone around, it distorted the size of my belly, which is, you know. Hard to do. It, it's unbelievable how you take a six pack and make it look like Santa Claus. I don't understand it, but next time I'll do better. In fact, you notice how I'm dressed today? Better than usual. <laughs> and by that, you mean what? Because I have a button-up shirt. Because you're wearing clothes. All right, I'm going to take this down <laughs> a little. Oh, that's true. Dude. And by the way, I'm I'm dressed better than usual too. There right. we go. Okay. There go we nugs. Go. go nugs. How about our nuggets? Well, it's very exciting. So exciting! You went to Red Rocks last night. I know, and all, that was only because yes, I missed the first game only because my cousins were in town. They'd never seen Red Rocks. I needed to take them. It was their one opportunity. But I did what you said. I came back. I was home by about 11.30, got on YouTube, and watched the highlights. Uh-huh. And it took all of about 15 minutes, and they creamed them. Did you watch the Star Spangled Banner? No. Nathaniel Rat- Ratliff. Oh, Ratliff. yeah, he's great. Yeah. He's Colorado great. guy. I've seen Tell him about Rat- that group. Well, he's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's a local guy. I don't know very much about him. I used to hear um, his, him and his band. They were, he, he's always liked a big band, you know, with horns and... Just you yeah, know, rocking a it. Bunch of them on the floor. Hickenlooper loves those. Well, of yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a very strong artist. He's a good songwriter, good singer. I saw him at Red Rocks last year, as a matter of fact. And I missed him when the Stones came uh, a few a few years ago. He was opening for them, but I had bought some bogus tickets, so I missed the opening. Oh yeah, time. we've heard that story. Yeah, but let yeah, me tell yeah. you about Bill Walton. And I yeah, stood oh, up let's to hear. That's I what we need to up hear. To him. He's about seven foot. Wow. But you know what? I know basketball. And I can see the nuggets are better. Could you see that on YouTube? Bigger, stronger, faster. They usually win. I mean, Miami had some fast guys. I haven't watched that team. I mean, they made some impressive shots yeah, well, too, but, some, but it was dominated yeah, by, by the nuggets. Yeah, right. The whole way. I'm starting right. because we have the Joker. 
Yes, and Murray. Right, but I said I've he used to run Helix High. Gosh, I love Bill Walton's book, Back from the Dead. You know, I had my back problems. Right. And he inspired me. Wow. Because he got literally off the floor. Such a well-written book. Get it on Audible because he reads it himself. I'm okay. so flattered yeah. that I had him on the radio, I don't know, about eight years ago. And then right. he came back on what an interview he gave me on Zoom. Yeah, I think I could have gone four hours, but I had to get to court for a case. I'm gonna. I know you showed me some of that. Yeah, you showed me some of that Zoom. He likes you. Well, I like him, and uh, yet I stood up to him like friend does sometimes. Like you told me last week, hey Craig, don't worry about this. You know, default on the dead. Right, it's gonna get worked out, and damned if you weren't right. Way to go! All right, so don't worry about certain things. Then Bill Walton gave gave me great life advice when I brought up racism in the MVP. He's like, don't get distracted by that stuff. Right. Why why focus on things to right. bring you down? The guy has so much smarts, but still I feel like he's working for ESPN, ABC. He's gonna say it's gonna be close, but yeah. I played a lot of basketball. If I was in a gym and I saw him on a team in his prime, Bill Walton, and then he's surrounded by, you know, an Aaron Gordon, Jamal Murray type. I would say that team's probably going to hold the floor most of the day. They might get beat a game or two, and right. picking that, but I don't see them losing four. And that's what I told Bill Walton, and that's right. why I feel after game one. Right. Wow. I just, but on the flip side, and this is where your song comes in. Yeah. The rebound. The rebound. But it's a sad song about a big defeat. No. Have you, have you, no. No. You say you go down in flames. Well, maybe it's a song for the heat. Yeah, it's a song. It's it's a song. It's a it's a um, a song written by a wounded someone who's been wounded in love, and he loves this new right gal, and there's potential. But he's right. saying, let's not give it to. Let's not raise our expectations too high. All right. We're both on the rebound. That's all it is. It's he's saying, let's keep. Let's just keep the expectations kind of low right. and see what happens. And you say there's right. no shame but in has, saying, got to give it a try. Right, give it a try. Right. There's but no the shame. Is, but it is a sad, it has it, a sad Can quality. you conceive of this? Because I can't. What? That the Nuggets could still lose. Oh, well. And if they lose, the season's a failure. I mean, we're so happy. It just seems inconceivable that there could be that kind of a collapse. Well, why would we even talk about that? I'm just saying, because your song kind of gives me that feeling. It's about somebody who's had their heart broken. You know, the Broncos, we experienced that, but we've never been. In basketball, my point, I stood up to Bill Walton. I said, we're bigger, stronger, faster. Right. I can see we're going to win because we have the the better team. The better team will usually prevail, right? Like in our competitions, okay? Yeah. All right. You always beat me. No. <laughs> and it would depend on what it is. Right. If we were to play basketball, I, I think I would yeah. be a prohibitive. And golf. And, okay, but what about skiing? Skiing? I Everyone, mean, if somebody would be stupid to bet on me. Of course. Right. All right, you let me don't think. Have the skills. And then in pool, I think you said billiards. Yes, pools I think. Were pretty, pool were probably pretty close. Right. And it's just like I could probably beat you a game or two, but four out of seven, I don't think so. Just from okay. the few times no, we've played. No, I see what you're saying. See yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's. People have their skill set and their experience. All right. What about, what about swimming? 
Swimming, I'd take you down. <laughs> I know you don't. I'm a swimmer. You're a right. swimmer. I'm a swimmer. And I'm a very slow a flounder. I'm a flounder. You know what was yeah. part of my best part? Of my coach, Jerry Carley, said, Silver, he called me Silver. I don't know why he can't, but right. the last syllable right. was Silver. After when he said, you know, you're a hell of a scorer. And I did average over 20 in right. college, but he said, you're a better rebounder. Right. And I, I liked that. Yeah. So you know what rebounding is, especially if you can't jump that great, which I... It's am, um, it's it's positioning yourself. It's anticipating yes, what's yes, going to happen and yes, positioning yourself, right? And, and being tough. Like yes, dominating the space. And having good hands. Good hands, no doubt. But the main thing... Just desire. Right. you got to want the ball more than right. the other guy. Right. But I mean, it, it helps right. to be tall, and I was 6'5". Anyway, right. that's why I love your song, The Rebound. And you know what else I love is talking about Denver in a positive way. Did you see all the celebrities there? Did it show it on YouTube? Oh, no. No. YouTube flew through it. Um, no, nothing like that. Well, mainly sports celebrities. Shaquille yeah. O'Neal was in the front row. Very Peyton cool. Manning comes in with his son. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Peyton and Shaq shake hands. Sure. But then Shaq had a special hug for the kid who's yeah. like seven or eight. Wow. And he was wearing an Iverson jersey. Yeah. I just, cool. It was a big night. Oh, yeah. In Denver, night, Colorado. Yeah. Right. And, what I, uh, yeah, what I love about Peyton Manning is he played here and he decided to raise his family here. He's right. one of us. Right. And I love that about George Carl, who Bill Walton called out for praise because George Carl's overcome so many health hurdles just like Walton has. MPJ, too, with his spine surgery. But the bottom line is George Carl stayed in Denver. Cool. And I like that, too. Yeah. You know, I had to run for Bill Walton to court to see the sentencing of the scummy guys who killed oh. Shmuel Silverberg Awful. two years ago in August. Awful. You yeah. see Victoria's client, this kid was just taking a break, maybe listening to music when yeah. these people on a crime spree, about 15 crimes. Right. They shot him dead for no reason, chased him. I watched that murder on video in court by D. I'm not sure I can ever... Forget that. And and my feeling, this poor kid was from Cleveland. Yeah. He came here to study at the Jewish seminary yeah. on the west side, right near where my father grew up. And he just was so sad and senseless. I'll have more to say about that case because it's not really been in the news. Kevin Vaughn from no. Nine News was there. I may write about it, but you know what I have to write about this week? What are you writing the about? Nuggets. I'm guessing. The Nuggets. But someday I write about Shmuel. I yeah. have, it's uh, been, what, a year? Has it been two years, years. Two years. years. Okay. And I don't wow. want these things to go by the wayside. A lot of people got shot that night. Poor man paralyzed. Uh, and the appropriateness of this sentence, 65 years for uh, the gunman. I mean, Noah love Paul. It reminded me the senselessness and and like you see, you know the rampage nature of it uh, against innocence reminded me of the idiots who were throwing rocks at oncoming yes. cars and killed that poor guy. Right, and I recently, right over a column same, about that. Yeah, yeah same, no, but that's what, same kind of senseless. No, but these guys were had met in Lookout Mountain and they were robbing everybody they met and burglarizing okay. everybody. Yeah, that other one was just pure malevolence in the dark. So, yeah. and it's youth. 
So what do you do with youthful offenders? I don't know. But a lot of people are damaged in youth. Right. And uh, Spencer Haywood comes up. He overcame the most harsh upbringings right. in Silver City, Mississippi. I may have him on next week. He called me this week. If I can just say my NBA Finals... While I'm in your driveway, we are neighbors, going on one of our walks, I get a call on my smartphone the night before I'm interviewing Bill Walton from Spencer Haywood. Right. And we start talking. I featured him last week, and I had invited him back on. He may come back on, but there I am talking like old buddies with Spencer Haywood, and then within 10 hours talking to Bill Walton in right. a friendly it's great. way. Yeah. These are my idols. Right. It would be like and you're talking to Jack and it's Springsteen. Right. feels great. It yeah. just, sure. I've had a great NBA finals. I'm excited. You, you know, I, I know like, roll. I haven't been to Rolling Stones concert, but I bet you get a little jacked up for that. Right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, super excited. And you've seen me watch the Nuggets, I think, a playoff game. I've heard you watch the Nuggets and seen you, yes. One can hear you, like, from blocks away with with your door closed. I think that may be the way I start my column, which is... You're an avid fan. Slocum Hall, 1976, ABA Finals. There were TV rooms. When you went to college, did they have TVs back then? TV rooms? Yes. (laughs) TV rooms. Anyway, I watched the Nuggets blow game six in Uniondale, New York. I think that was the home of the Dr. J-led Nets. And we had a big lead in the second half. It would be like blowing that lead last night, except that was the ultimate game instead of game seven in Denver. And it was bad repping by a guy named John Bannock. And that's player named John Williamson from New Mexico got super hot. In fact, his name was Super John because he could get super hot with right. Dr. J. Anyway, that was our last finals, albeit the ABA. Wow. Yeah. And we lost. And I started throwing around those chairs. So that was pre-NBA? NBA, ABA pre-NBA. Pre-NBA. Okay. And I was emotional about chairs. that. Right. <laughs> Hopefully no one was in front of me. No, no, ever other people had left by that right, point. Right, they were right. plastic chairs, but I may have caused some damage. I'm sure this statute is wrong. Then I end up being a prosecutor in Denver, and I get to teach at the police academy. I try to be creative, so I have to teach in co-aid crime. You know what co-aid means? Um, that's when you're uh, like in a dorm with men and with boys and girls. Now that's co-ed. Okay. I am C H yes C H I've seen the word and the the word and I don't and I I can't say say we're going to make one of our famous apple pies right right okay so we need the apples we need without cinnamon we need the oven we need sugar once we have all the ingredients we have an inchoate pie oh so we have all the ingredients but we don't have a pie so with inchoate crime. It gives a cop a chance to stop a bad guy without the crime actually So being all the ingredients made. are there for a crime. Yeah, right, exactly. That's a great word. Isn't it? Like the law of attempt. So So I would tell the cops, I'd say, look, say you're at a high booth Denny's or a similar type restaurant. You hear the guys at the table behind you right. talking about sticking up the convenience store that's next door. Right. Now, can you have an inchoate relationship? No, well... That's like a different say, thing. 
you know, say, say, say. But you hear these two guys. Say there's an un, a romance that hasn't yes. quite happened yet. Yes. It's got all the elements yes. to yes. happen. Perfect. Okay. Get your mind out of the gutter. Back to crime. I'm teaching at the police academy. Okay. okay. All right. So I'm saying, when can you stop these guys? And it turns out you have to wait till they take a substantial step toward okay. committing the crime. Like right. back in the day, putting on a ski mask. Right. Right. Okay. Well, look, they... And then there are guns. Then I can right. probably convict him as prosecutor. Right. And the crime never even happened. We stopped them. And we right. convicted him for a conspiracy, too, because that's just two or more guys agreeing to commit a crime. And then they're both on the hook, even if only one had a gun, because it's complicity. Yes. And the guy who talked the other guy into it, he may be guilty of solicitation. Then I talked about the coolest job that I thought there was in the Denver Police Department. You know what it was? Uh, no. Working the floor at the Denver Nuggets game. They've always oh, done the that. The cops inside, oh, really? right there outside the huddle to protect oh, them. Okay. Armed. You have to have some seniority. I knew a guy, Larry Subia, did it for years. Okay. Down on the floor? Yes. Just kind of watching things. Right. Now, have you ever heard of a noise ordinance? Of course. Yeah, it's like yeah. they're talking about that pickleball at Congress Park makes whap, whap, the neighbors are complaining, so right. they're going to pass a statute. Right. So the guys on the west side got together. They said, look, we like to have barbecues outside when the weather's nice, but we can't do it if there's too much noise right. at what there used to be, the Pepsi Center, the Ball Center, whatever you want to call it. Back in the day, we called it McNichols. Right. Okay? Yeah. And I said, the city council got together and said, you know what makes a lot of noise and we can just stop all this complaining? If there's ever three-pointer made in a pro basketball game in June after 10 o'clock at night, that would be unreasonable. Too much noise would happen, right? <laughs> so they passed that law and you're aware of it and you're no. duty-bound to enforce all the laws. <laughs> and you hear Doug Moe designing the play because this is in the 80s, okay? We weren't competing right. in the NBA West. And so you know the play is being drawn up. They're tied in triple overtime. They wow. started at 6.30. Right. They're down by two. Great players have fouled out. Okay, including Alex English. Uh, no, Degmo, for whatever reason, says we're going to end this game and shoot a three-pointer. Okay. You're going to set the pick, Calvin Nat, and you're going to take the ball, Fat Lever, and you're going to go this way. You're going to get Alex English still in. You're going to get the ball to English, and you're the cop, and you hear the play, and you know there's Dornich. You look at your watch. It's 10.02. <laughs> They're going to try to make a three-pointer after 10 in June. Right. At what point can you stop the play? I hope never. Well, you have to <laughs> wait till there's a substantial step or an overt act. Once the play is starting to be run with the pick being set and Alex English cutting, then who do you arrest if you're going to enforce the law? Thankfully, I don't think anyone. Now you have to arrest everyone, but the joke <laughs> culminates everybody yes. but T.R. Dunn, who comes up in my interview with Bill Walton. You know why? Because T.R. Dunn had nothing to do with the offense. That's the joke. Oh, okay. And you couldn't arrest the crowd either. Even though they were encouraging the Nuggets, they didn't know what the play was. You know, when they say to commit complicity or being accomplice, right. you have to aid, advise, 
or a bet, yeah. A-B-E-T. Do you know what a bet means? Well, it's always one of those words that's just kind of coupled with A. You know, right, aid or a bet. And a bet, aid, aid and a bet. It's, it's like one of those things where it just means aid. Again, now to help. Wait, so to, to help and then a bet, does that mean to um, not conspire, but to... Um, to encourage. To encourage, okay. It's like the, the, the horrible scene in uh, The Accused. I think Jodie Foster raped on a pinball machine. Bunch of guys egging it on, encouraging it. Oh, well, okay. horrible. Okay, mm -hmm. so do you arrest so everybody in McNichols? Right. I know that. So this is my police academy lecture. A lot of Denver cops remember this and the punchline TR done. But I never thought the Nuggets would really play in NBA Finals in June. Wow. That's why it's so cool for me to talk about it now. Okay. You're, yeah, you're, you're reviving the old joke. Anyway, to get a laugh well, out of a bunch attention. of cops. Right. Yes, right. And it's relevant to, yes. to teaching the law. And they, some of them probably aspired to be that cop on the floor, and probably one or two of them made it. Well, I think you missed your calling. Maybe you should have been a teacher. You know what's great about stuff like that is you get a repeated year after year, class after class, right. hone it, refine it. Sorry if I didn't get it great because I haven't told that since <laughs> since the no, 80s. Right? I, was I was following you. Okay, good. As, as, as good as I as I. And now you've done wonderful. Now tell us about your song because these, you know, these concepts came into play back to the sad murder of Shmuel Silverberg. All, they were charged with conspiracy, a bunch of attempts. They tried to break into buildings, couldn't get in. That's another attempted felony. They were charged for like 200 crimes. It was so sad. Right. It was so barbaric. Anybody in their way was getting shot. And this kid, Shmuel Silverberg, dressed in Hasidic garb, because uh, he was. He was studying to be a rabbi. It's a seminary school. But there was no evidence it was a hate crime. Because, right. because it was he, indiscriminate. It was yeah. the only thing that distinguished the victims were they were outside in Denver, Colorado. Right. And that just right. saddens me so much. And really, the rebound, you can say it's a happy song, but it's not no. those violence. It's, it's not a happy it, song. It's, it's sad. Not. I want to dedicate it's it to melancholy. Shmuel It's a little and melancholy, but, it's, yes. but, it has, but it has a lot of hope in there, if you if you listen. Right. Yeah, there's hope. I, I love that word yeah. that yeah. I did not need to teach you, but it's one of the best words in the English language. Rebound, right? Rebound. Great song, The yeah, Rebound by Dave Kunder, Sarah Troubadour. How would you like being on camera? Well, it's not how I like it. It's how, how your listeners and watchers will like it. But I did put on a shirt this time. There you go. So I feel like um, hopefully I'm making a good showing. Hi there, everybody. And even though we're blurry occasionally, we're yeah. just learning. Yeah. But we've done this before. Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, Craig.
just don't miss your flight Cause we'll find our own wings tonight
Michael, of course, is a great sponsor of my show, but more than that, he's my lawyer, my end-of-life planning lawyer, and I've got two dogs. What about you? I have two dogs right now as well. And not only do you love your dogs at home with your kids and your wife, but you get involved with dog issues in your law practice. Tell everybody about that. So I will write pet trusts, which is you can earmark money to take care of your pets. Um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they've got their dogs and you know, they love their dogs. But then if somebody were to, you know, if, you're, if you were to pass away, you know, who's going to take your dogs? Who would, who would love your dogs as much as you do? I don't know that anybody would love your dogs as much as you do. But like I grew up with dogs, and so if I were to pass away, then my parents or my siblings could take the dogs. So when you set up a pet trust, you can dictate who's going to get those dogs, and then who you can leave money to take care of the dogs as well. I like working with you, and I think you are ahead of your time. You have 15 different locations. How cool is that? It's, it is nice to be able to go to all the different locations and you know meet people where it's comfortable and more convenient for them. And nobody wants to drive from one part of Metro Denver to the other to meet with a lawyer. You will come to them. Yep, and I'll deal with traffic so you don't have to. Tell us how people can get in touch with you. My direct phone number is 720-394-6887, or they can go to my website, which is mobileestateplanning.com. And again, that's mobileestateplanning.com. And there's even a schedule, you know, there's a book an appointment link on this on the website. All right, Michael Bailey, thank you. Okay, here's the thing. You've been hurt. Maybe, God forbid, someone's been killed. You don't know what to do. If it happened in Colorado, please get a hold of me. Check out my website, craigscoloradolaw.com. Craigscoloradolaw.com because I have four decades of experience. Sadly, I've helped a lot of people who have been hurt terribly through no fault of their own. 303-734-7156. Please call Craig, Craig Silverman, a voice for victims, 303-734-7156. Hey, did I promise great show? And I think I delivered. Thank you, Troubadour. Thank you for doing a video. I know the audio might not have been great, but we're always working on things when it comes to production. Zoom is very cool. And I'm going to master this technology and maybe get a great green screen with our logo behind it. With guests like Bill Walton, how can you go wrong? Thank you, Bill. Gosh, when I prepared clips, I realized how profound and smart Bill Walton is. I'd like to think I have a smart audience. Really appreciate you listening. Tell a friend, subscribe on YouTube or on Apple, five stars. Any positivity really helps. Thank you. Go Nuggets. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Saturday morning, 9 to noon, Mountain Time. Visit thecraigsilvermanshow.com for the podcast, blog, and more. Be sure to subscribe on all major podcasting platforms to be updated when new episodes are available. This has been The Craig Silverman Show.